Welcome to the Sellernomics Podcast, where we share valuable tips and information in the Amazon and e-commerce space. Each week, we deliver the best interviews with some of the top Amazon personalities in the industry to help you grow your business. Today's episode is brought to you by Gatita, the global leader in FBA auditing and reimbursements. Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. And now, here are your hosts, Rob Stanley and Lisa Kinski. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another great episode of Sellernomics. Of course, I'm Rob Stanley and my amazing host, Lisa Kinski, is with me. <laughs> hey, Lisa. And uh, we got a good one today. Uh, if you're not familiar with DSP or even know what that word means and you're an Amazon seller, you definitely want to be paying attention to this because today we're going to have Mina Elias from the Trivium Group coming in and he's going to be talking about how to use DSP to grow sales on Amazon. And let's bring uh, Mina into to the studio. Hey, Mina, what's going on? Guys, how's it going? Good. Doing great. Good. Doing great. So Amazing. Mina, let's kick this right off because... DSP, Lisa and I do all these podcasts. Everybody throws out all these acronyms and everything. Let's just start off really quickly with explain what the word or the letters DSP mean and then what is it? All right. So here's here's a funny thing. Uh, Amazon DSP could mean one of two things. It could be, mean Amazon's uh, delivery service provider or Amazon's demand side platform. Oh. There's Because I, I was like looking, looking it up like and looking on YouTube and stuff like that. And it turns out that Amazon chose to have the same acronym for two things, which is where you can become like a delivery partner for them. And you basically have your own van. They put, you know, their label on and you go do deliveries and get paid or, you know, advertising. So, so let me get uh, right into it. Amazon DSP is Amazon's demand side platform. It's, um, okay, let me explain demand side and, and supply side. So, um, you know, let's say men's health magazine. Why do they have all of these blogs online and, and generate tens of millions of visitors every single month? Um, they are a supply side, uh, which basically means they have people coming into their website. Uh, and so they're they're going to supply uh, ad inventory to people, you know, that, that want to run ads. And so they're supplying ad inventory. There is like platforms that will, you know, mediate between supply side and demand side, which is some something like Amazon DSP. So Amazon's DSP will then say, hey, I have people, sellers, and also not non-sellers, could be could be a, a dentist, right? Um, and I have uh, like ad inventory, and I'm the middleman, and I'm going to collect the fee on, on everything that happens. So that's, you know, that's Amazon uh, DSP kind of like what the what is the demand side and supply side. So Amazon DSP, what, what it means to us as brands who are on Amazon, it, it's uh, this new, other um, advertising platform that Amazon has on top of regular sponsor product ads, it's completely separate. The only way to get access to it is you have to get, get it as a seat, like your own seat on that platform. Let's say you have to get your own access um, and they don't give it to anyone. So for me to get it as an agency, I had to jump through a million hoops, get inside connections, uh, promise them that I'm spend hundred K a month minimum uh, and all this stuff. And then wow. We're over that now. We're doing like 400 or, or so or 500K a month on, on in ad spend on there. But initially, obviously, you know, I had to lie to them and, and promise them the, the sun and the stars uh, to get on there. But, you know, um, you only get access to it. The sellers that want to run ads have to wire me the money. So it's in my bank account. And then all the brands that I run out of DSP, I'm actually paying out of my own bank account. So they send me the money and then and then Amazon charges me one bill at the end of the month, which is like, hey, these you know 30 or 40 whatever brands that you ran on DSP, this is their total bill. 
So that's kind of a little bit of, of, of how it works. Um, now, what is it like uh, in terms of advertising? Basically, Amazon has access to uh, ad inventory. So uh, on Amazon, you know, obviously, right? There's everywhere on Amazon, there's ads. So it has access to ad inventory on Amazon's owned and operated. So like Amazon.com, both like desktop, mobile app, different, uh, you know, placements, as well as IMDB, which they own. And then also third-party publisher sites. So they have all of these like men's health magazines and all these other similar companies that have traffic uh, that Amazon kind of knows who is landing on their page because, you know, they, they know like this is an Amazon account holder and, you know, they landed on, on men's health magazine. We're going to show them an ad for DSP. So that's basically, you know, where you can advertise. And then they also provide you with audience data. So that's the most powerful part. So you come to Amazon DSP as a brand and you're like, okay, cool. I know, you know, where I can advertise, uh, but who am I going to advertise to? So it's not uh, regular like keyword searches or product targeting or whatever. It's audience targeting. And so, you know, the, the key components of running ads on DSP is you need an audience to target to, you need creatives, uh, and then you need uh, placements. So where you're going to target them. And so, for example, uh, one thing might be, I'm going to target everyone who viewed my product in the last 30 days and I'm going to exclude anyone who purchased my product in the last 30 days or purchased my competitors in the last 30 days. That's my audience. So people who viewed but haven't purchased, I'm going to target them on Amazon only, amazon.com, like uh, desktop, mobile web and mobile app. So all the different placements of amazon.com. And what I'm going to show them is like this custom creative that says Black Friday special or something whatever christmas lights um so that's essentially in a nutshell how amazon dsp works now it, it, this is so broad because there's so many things that you can do with amazon dsp there's so many audiences that you can target you can target because you know that you can target audiences you can target your own products audiences you can target your competitors audiences you can target complementary products audiences uh, because you can you you get access to every single product on amazon's audience so you can literally say you know, uh, that printer that Lisa has in the back, I want to go and target the people who viewed in the last, uh, you know, 60 days, viewed that product, but did not purchase that product. I, I can go target those people. So that's like the, you know, one of the, the powers of, of DSP. And, you know, what it means to us, again, as, as like brand owners is I'm going to go and identify these audiences, uh, you know, uh, like com uh, competitors, complementary products in market, people who are in the market for a product, contextual where Amazon thinks that this product is the right context for, for, uh, you know, this audience. So you're using their own data. They also have credit card data and things like that. So, you know, you're going in and you're, you're identifying different audiences and you're identifying, okay, I want to target them on Amazon. And for me, the, the placement that I, or the creative that I like to use the most is responsive e-commerce, which basically is like a sponsored display ad. It's not a custom creative. Uh, you don't have to make it. You, Amazon just pulls in, uh, the data from your listing. It pulls the main image. It pulls the logo. Um, and sometimes you can use uh, a quote from a review. So you can go and find a review and pull a quote from it and post it. And an ad will show up and shows the image, you know, the title, the, the star rating, the price, and says, uh, the best electrolyte powder I've ever had. I feel so much better after using it. Literally, it's stuff like that. So... Let's talk more, um, you know, how how do I apply, uh, or before we even get into how do I apply, is Amazon DSP right for me? Mm -hmm. Amazon DSP's performance 
is always going to be worse than Amazon's PPC performance as a whole. Now, when can it be better than Amazon P uh, PPC for retargeting, uh, you know, and, and for loyalty? So retargeting is basically people who are landing on your listing and they're seeing, you know, your product, but they just didn't convert. So we start retargeting them on Amazon to get them to like, oh, you know, it's this electrolyte that I checked out. It's this electrolyte that I checked out. Um, and then loyalty is basically, you know, if this applies to you, if you're a consumable, they purchased from you, uh, you know, in the last year, but they haven't repurchased and it's been 60 days and you know your product's a 30-day serving. Let's start retargeting them to bring them back and get a higher LTV. Those are the only instances where PPC will outperform DSP. Now, if you look at DSP as a whole, because obviously, you know, that bottom of the funnel is going to dry up pretty quick. You need to start going after competitor audience, complementary product audience, in-market demographic, contextual, all these different other audiences to build that funnel, build the people, the, you know, people that are not coming to your listing, get new people to come into your listing that as a whole will perform probably 75% as good as PPC. So if your PPC ROAS is 10, you're going to get a seven and a half X uh, on DSP. So that's why, you know, is DSP right for you? Have you maximized your PPC and are you profitable with PPC and not maximized by mean like you've hit the, the top point of your PPC? Cause obviously you're always improving, but, do you feel comfortable with your PPC? Are you generating good sales and good results with your PPC? And are you converting profitably? So you're you're making profit, you're converting, people are seeing you, they're converting. Cool. When we start showing them DSP ads, they will also convert uh, profitably. But don't think that DSP can fix uh, your, your PPC or fix your account if you're not converting profitably. So if you're not making profit, DSP is not for you. If you are making profit, um, but you feel like your, your PPC is kind of all over the place, then maybe you should spend more time and energy fixing your PPC first, getting it to a good point, and then invest in DSP. And obviously, you know, if you're profitable, then you have to have a, a, at least a good conversion rate. So make sure that before you jump into DSP, your conversion rate is good. Uh, DSP applies to almost any product, right? Especially like the bottom of the funnel and things like that. So now how do I use DSP? Um, and I kind of alluded to like a lot of different things, which is like the audiences and things like that. But how do I use DSP if I'm a brand? So the first thing I would do is, and, and this is obviously assuming that you're going through an agency or whatever, but the first thing is I start building uh, the funnel and the funnel at the bottom is going to be loyalty. So uh, let's beside, before I get into the audiences, as a general rule of thumb, what I've seen uh, converts the best is amazon.com. Don't try and advertise anywhere else. It usually doesn't work. So just stick to Amazon. Uh, and what type of ads, like creative, stick to responsive e-commerce. It's easy. You don't have to do custom creatives. And it also performs better than custom creative. So now that part is, is easy. Where are we advertising? And what are, are people seeing? That's cool. Now we just have to worry about audiences. So for each product, we're, we're building these different audiences. Um, at the bottom of the funnel is loyalty. So people who've purchased from me in the last year, but have not purchased again in the last uh, 30 or 60 days. It depends on like how long it takes for someone to consume your product. But let's say it takes, it's a 30 day supply. Just do it like, you know, times one and a half or times two. So 45 or 60, cause then they're a hundred percent done. Maybe, you know, they skipped a few days here and there. Uh, you want to give it a little bit of time. Uh, if you're not a consumable product, this doesn't apply uh, to you. Then we have cross selling. So the people who purchase your product in the last year, but have not purchased um, you know, that, uh, like, uh, um, that cross selling product, the cr product that you're cross selling. So let's say, you know, I'm selling an electrolyte powder and a creatine. Uh, so they bought my, my electrolyte, but they haven't bought my creatine, but also, um, I'm excluding if they've bought anyone else's creatine. So if they bought anyone else's creatine in the last 60 days, 
they're not on the market for creatine anymore. So I'm going to exclude those audiences. So now I'm going after people who purchase my product. They know my brand. They haven't purchased the second product and they haven't purchased the second product from anyone else. Then above that, I'm going into retargeting. So people who viewed my product in the last 30 days, uh, or I can go as back as 60 days, um, but have not purchased me or my competitors in the last 60 days. So they haven't purchased me. They haven't purchased my competitors. They're still on the market. So now I'm, I'm going to keep retargeting because they visited my listing. They must be interested. Uh, so that is kind of like the warmer segment. Now we go colder. So PPC is probably somewhere in the middle. It's between, you know, uh, between that bottom of the funnel of DSP and kind of in the middle. And then we go a little bit colder, which is people who don't know about us and haven't seen our listing. So how do we get that? We go competitor targeting. So people who viewed my competitors listings, but have not viewed my listing and have not purchased from my competitors in the last 60 days. So again, they're on the market. They viewed the competitor, but they, but they didn't purchase from them. Uh, a good example, uh, Robbie, you'll get this. Think about liquid IV or LMNT. Yeah. Uh, they are driving, they're spending at least $10 million a month on ads or, or $5 million a month, like across the board, right? Not just Amazon. They're driving so much traffic to their Amazon page, directly to their Amazon page. So the people who are seeing their listings, they could be like, they've never they've never seen another Electrolyte powder. They just seen that Electrolyte powder. So they visited that product, but maybe they landed and they're like, oh, five grams or 15 grams of sugar. That's too much for me. I don't want that. So let's you know go after those people, people that land. And there's obviously a massive amount of them, people who landed on that page and they didn't buy Liquid IV and they didn't buy any of the other competitors. So, and, and they, they never saw me, they never saw my product. So let's bring them to my listing. And then obviously once they click on my listing, they're now going to get retargeted. Then we go a step uh, above competitor targeting, which is complementary product targeting. So this is, you know, I'm selling an electrolyte powder and I know that a lot of people uh, who use electrolytes are, are also using ketones. So I'm starting to go after everyone who's purchased the keto ketone and exclude anyone who's viewed me or purchased my, any one of my competitors right because they're still on the market for electrolytes so i'm going after those people then above that will be in the market so people who are in market for electrolytes and then above that is context contextual so uh this is like where amazon really it's like an almost like auto campaign uh, type of stuff um yeah. and contextual works really well for brands who have a brand name like if, if you if people are looking for you with your brand name you're gonna do uh, really good with contextual and so essentially that's how i build the funnel um, there's obviously some nuances, right? Like, you know, how much budget am I allocating to each funnel segment? Um, the frequency of the ads. So are people seeing my ads, uh, you know, one time an hour, two times an hour, one time every four hours? Uh, you know, those are things that I can control. It's, it's the frequency. And um, I think like when you're doing well, you can up the frequency. When you're doing not so well, you can drop the frequency. Um, and then another thing is, um, what, what was it? Yeah, That's all right, Mina. Real quick, let's let's take a quick commercial break. When we come back, though, I do want to ask you a specific question regarding uh, at what point should an Amazon seller be considering DSP right after this commercial break? Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at katita.com slash sellernomics. So be sure to head on over to getia.com forward slash sellernomics, get that $400 in free FBA reimbursements. And um, once again, we're on with Mina Elias from Trivium Group, and we're talking about how to use DSP to grow sales on Amazon. Mina, one of the things I wanted to ask you was when it comes to DSP, Amazon sellers, 
at what point should they consider using DSP? Uh, what's right for them? Yeah. So I think if you are at a stage where you can commit, I would say um, at least $4,000 a month uh, to a DSP uh, and you're spending at least, I would say, you know, twelve to sixteen thousand dollars a month on your PPC. Um, if your conversion is good and you're and you're converting profitably, if you, if you can handle, uh, you know, a seventy-five percent of what your ROAS you're getting right now. So let's say you're at a ten x, you can handle a seven x. You're good to go for DSP, and I would start using it. I would probably start earlier. So if you're, you know, as low as like doing thirty thousand dollars a month or whatever in revenue, um, I would start with um, retargeting um, and, you know, and loyalty, but here's the kicker, right? If you're going to hire someone like me, it's going to cost at least a couple thousand. So, you know, it, let's say you're going to spend 2000, you, you're, I'm going to cost 2000 for it to make sense. You need to be making at least, let's say like 15,000 or, or so. So you have to work in the management fee, right? Because our management fee stays pretty much the same or, or very close to the same whether you're spending 2000 or 20,000 a month on, on DSP. And by the way, like DSP is not um, like anything to be taken lightly. There's our most remarkable was a, a mushroom supplement. And we took them from 500 K a month to a million a month after implementing DSP. So by using DSP, we kind of really built that bottom of the funnel. So anyone that was seeing their ads, we got them to, to purchase more. And then anyone that purchased, we got way more, like they went from an average of like, I think, you know, 1.8 to like an average of 3.2 purchases per every customer that they're getting. Um, like we really improved their lifetime value. And as a result, like it wasn't immediate, but after I think six or eight months, we, we you saw the compounding effect of like, you're constantly retargeting, you're constantly building the top of the funnel. And and so DSP is very effective. It's, it's powerful. Um, it just has to be used right. And it, you need mm -hmm. to have a very large amount of segmentation, especially with like audiences, you need to be hyper focused on audiences. However, the audience can be too small. You need to have at least a thousand sessions a month per audience. Um, and you know, that could mean also like 1200, right? Because maybe you're at a thousand Amazon's like, nah, that's too small. So you need the audience to be big enough that there's enough people coming in. Uh, but it needs to be, you know, granular so that you're making decisions and you're identifying, identifying which audiences are working and not working. If you're if you're going in the direction of like placements, you know you're gonna do different placements, not just Amazon. So for me, for example, sometimes desktop is horrible, uh, or or mobile app is mobile web is horrible, but mobile app is killer. And so we'll have to just pause these other placements and then focus on on doing the mobile app. Um, and then one thing to keep in mind is there if you're gonna work with an agency, they have the ability to to skim money off of you. So just make sure that if you if you are paying them uh, a retainer, that they're not also adding in an agency fee because it'll look like you're spending the same amount of money. Your ROAS will drop a little bit, not enough that you'll notice, but they're basically skimming money off the top. So just make sure that, you know, when you're, when you're doing that, you're paying attention. Um, and then in terms of audiences, uh, make sure that you're always auditing your audiences. There is different KPIs for each of the funnel segments. So this is a, a good one to touch on. When you're at the bottom of the funnel, so basically loyalty, uh, cross-selling or retargeting, ROAS or total ROAS, which means the ROAS across any product that you sell from people who see your ad, that's the number one metric that matters because that's telling you, okay, you're doing a good job. Now, here's the problem. With anything above that, so competitor targeting, complementary product targeting, contextual, whatever, the second that someone sees or clicks on your ad, they're going to get they're gonna get served the retargeting ad. And 
if they make us if it's going to convert into a sale retargeting is going to get all of the benefit and and those upper ones will never get any benefit so you'll see the ROAS horrible for the top ones so you can't rely on ROAS as a, as a good kpi or acos as a good kpi for those top funnel segments the best um, kpi would be click-through rate and detail page view rate so it tells you how effective are these ads in getting people into your listing and then once they're in your listing the the retargeting ads will tell you how effective you know your ads are in converting people and is your conversion rate good enough that you're converting people so when you look at all of dsp as a whole you're looking at okay i'm gonna take all of my spend all of my sales uh, and that's actually my true roas for dsp and then but in in the different funnel segments the bottom roas matters the top click-through rate matters so low click-through rate you want to pause those ads good click-through rate you want to spend more money there and then same at, uh, at the bottom and then uh, the final thing that I want to add is, is before you know, we can go into what questions you guys have, is uh, analytics matters. So you cannot rely on DSP's analytics because I have DSP's analytics and I'll share them with you and you'll be like, wow, you know, we're making 50K a month uh, you know, in sales and spending like 10K a month. And then you look at PPC and you'll be like, I'm, I'm spending 10K a month and I'm making 50K a month in sales, like whatever. And then you look at your total and it doesn't add up. You're like, I'm only making 65K a month. So what gives? Like, why is DSP claiming 50K of it? And um, this is just, you know, an attribution issue, which we have to deal with. So the, the ideal uh, way to track this is, you know, have a table. And then from, you know, day zero, you have like only PPC spend and you have your total sales. And then you incorporate DSP spend. Now you have DSP spend and PPC spend and total sales. And you can see, okay, I went from, you know, zero, zero spend on DSP, 10K on PPC, 50K sales to, you know, um, 5K DSP spend, 10K PPC, 80K in sales. So that extra 5K resulted in extra 30K in sales. And that's how you know how effective your DSP is. Um, we can only see so much inside of like the DSP campaign manager and we can do all these optimizations and stuff. But without you really knowing the incrementality of like, I spent 5K more, I generated 30K more in sales. It's almost impossible to tell if DSP is working well or not. Wow. So, I mean, that, that brings up a good question. You've kind of thrown out PPC, thrown up DSP. Mm -hmm. uh, is one better? I mean, you kind of, the way the numbers you were kind of just explaining sounded like maybe DSP is a better option than PPC, or should people be running both? What, what's kind of your no. feel on that? I think PPC is the better option, right? Because PPC captures demand. So, someone's coming in already to Amazon, they're looking for electrolyte powder, and I'm showing up my product. And that is going to be the best, right? Because it's it's demand. It's demand. It's there. I want it. Versus DSP, you kind of follow people around. So yeah. you see the top of the bar, the side of the page. It's, you know, you, it's as you're browsing, you see it. So it's not going to be as effective as PPC. But it can be... It can, it can be very effective because with PPC, like if you could do what you could do with, with DSP, with PPC in terms of audiences, PPC would be better. But you can't. So... You know, what happens when someone clicks on your listing, views it, but that never purchases? The power of DSP is that it follows them around, which you don't have with PPC. And then what happens if no one's searching for the keywords uh, that, you know, that you're targeting? You're targeting? It's, let's say you have great coverage, but they're just not searching. There's, let's say, 5 million people a month that just are making it to the listings through Facebook ads or whatever, but or, or typing in other people's brand names, but they're never, they're never searching. 
So how do you get those people? That's where DSP comes in. DSP gets those people that will never make it to your listing, puts them in your top of your funnel, and then it brings people that you know have interacted with your listing but didn't convert and targets them at the bottom of the funnel. So it is very good and sub supplementary, but it's not better than PPC. Yeah. And do you, do you recommend like, obviously the numbers you're talking about here, we're talking about sizable sellers kind of engaging DSP, right? They're going to have been doing PPC for a while. They're going to have some good ROAS and, and things like that. Um, is there any benefit to a seller keeping their PPC and DSP management in-house? I mean, that sounds like a silly question asking an agency owner that, but is there any benefit to keeping in-house as opposed to hiring a third-party expert? Um, it's just the, the same benefits, right? Like if you can build a really good team in-house, go for it, right? But it, it, it's always going to come down to like, okay, if I'm going to build a team as good as like the Trivium team, how much are they going to cost me a month? Uh, you know, and does it make sense uh, at this point in time? So it, most brand, most like uh, brands that are between like, you know, 500K to a million, a, um, 10 million a year to build the, that full structure might not be cost effective. If you're doing 20, 30, 50 million a year, maybe, yeah, you can have all the players, right? Like the senior strategist, the, the, the ads manager that's in there, the brand tech support that's doing, fixing all the stuff, the analyst that's reporting, you can have a nice little Amazon team. Um, you know, and it's going to cost you whatever, like 15K, 20K a month, whatever it is. And you're fine with that because, you, you know, you're big enough. But, you know, up until your eight figures, um, there's a lot of benefits to using an expert because number one, you know, you can also see everything that they're doing so you can learn a lot from them as opposed to when you bring your own person, you're only relying on that that person is going to be good enough. And then there's also like the at which point does it become more cost effective to have a full in-house team versus an agency and the agency. If you, if you pick the right agency, the, the right agency should outperform a single person, but will underperform your a full in-house team. So that's where kind of like the the difference is like, okay, you're starting out or you're kind of growing and you're kind of in the middle. You don't know much about, you know, Amazon or Amazon PPC or whatever, or DSP, bring in the experts, let them do what they're doing. Um, and then later on, you can build a, a, a team, a, even a team of two, let's say, and they have multiple roles, but they're good enough. And it's going to be, you know, a little bit more than the agency, but you're making so much more that it makes sense. You bring on that in-house team because they're going to really care for you. Now you do lose, you know, all of the insights sharing between like an agency's, you know, for us, like we have 156 or seven brands that we're all like sharing insights. But if your in-house team, they're, they're like motivated enough, they should be going to conferences and talking to other brands and learning. So it's not like a, a, a deal breaker. It's just like, again, pros and cons of anything. It's the same as like for me as an agency, like should I hire a YouTube ads agency or should I build an in-house team? You know, so mm -hmm. I started off as like, okay, let me hire some agencies, you know, see everything that they're doing, learn all of this stuff, take as much as I can. And then be like, okay, listen, you know, I'm going to try and build it in house. Yeah. yeah. And, and like you said too, it's going to cost even more to send those internal folks to the conferences where you guys have all the insights from your 150, 157 brands that you're managing. Um, I think that's a great opportunity to transition into Trivium Group. So obviously you guys have a sizable team. You have a great presence, great reputation in the space. Tell us more about what y'all do and who you work with, who would be a good fit to hire Trivium. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. We uh, basically, you know, Trivium Group started uh, in early 2021 uh, from a demand of, of people asking me to manage their brands. Uh, we're a team of 82 people now managing, like I said, 157 brands, something like that. Um, we do, you know, Amazon ads, so PPC, DSP, 
you know, SEO optimization on the listings. We do creative optimization. So main image with split testing with Pikfu. We do the rest of the images, brand story, premium A plus content, all that kind of stuff. We also help with, uh, you know, troubleshooting issues. You know, obviously, like there's people like Vanessa Hung who are like there for like major issues. So we can help with most issues, but like we call her in for like certain issues. Um, and and uh, essentially like and, and we do strategy. So uh, we help brands, you know, essentially grow on Amazon by having a, a full team that is dedicated to them. So we're not like an account manager and people in the back sort of agency. We're more like you get a full team and that team, you know, everyone who touches your account, you know them by name. They're there. We communicate every single day. We send daily updates, weekly updates. Um, you know, we, we send you strategy. We and, you know, we can solve, you know, almost anything there is to solve on Amazon. Um, and yeah, who's an ideal client for us is basically brands that are doing anywhere between a half a million to 10 million a year in revenue. Uh, we like to work in the CPG space, like supplements, especially half our portfolio is supplements. Uh, and obviously, you know, I'm a supplement brand and we love supplements. Um, but yeah, generally we can handle most uh, brands. We don't do anything that uh, is like clothing or jewelry or anything like that. It's mainly stuff that there is like keyword search volume for those keywords. Uh, and, you know, like electrolyte powder, um, you know, uh, water jug, gallon water jug, uh, iPhone, uh, you know, tripod, like uh, men's credit card holders. So if someone's searching with a keyword, great. But if it's like jewelry and things like that, um, we don't really touch. Gotcha. Gotcha. Great outline. And then where can folks go to learn more or reach out to you if they have any questions? Yeah. So um, the website, triviumco.com, T-R-I-V-I-U-M-C-O.com. And then, uh, you know, feel free to get an audit because we, so what we do is we can come in, take a look at your account, your listings, your, your advertising, everything, uh, and give you a full strategy completely for free. Um, and, and I mean, I don't know why not more people take advantage of that, but essentially it's like a 30 minute video and a whole like slide deck of everything that you can do yourself to improve on Amazon. We don't even have to do it. Right. Um, and then if you want to hit me up on Instagram, it's at the Mina Elias, uh, and on uh, LinkedIn, it's Mina Elias. Um, so yeah, hit me up and, and ask questions and I'm happy to answer anything. Perfect. And you guys can reach out to Mina via email at Mina.e. So M-I-N-A dot E at TriviumCo.com. Um, Rob, I don't think that I have anything else for this episode. I know we're running up on time. Mina's got another uh, meeting. So I want to be respectful of that. But uh, oh, I do have one quick little post idea for you, Mina, on social. You guys should do like a um, what does DSP mean? Wrong answers only and see what you get. Oh, that's smart. <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to do that now. Fun. Perfect. Very cool. Rob, what you got? Very cool. Yeah, no, I, I, it's always great having me on. He always has tons of information. He's been doing this a long time. I'm a big fan of his electrolytes myself. I've uh, been using them three, maybe four years now. And uh, yeah, be sure to go check out uh, Mina's other videos. Take a reach out to a Trivium group if you need some help or, you know, they got lots of uh, information they could help you with or at least check out maybe it's a good fit. And if not, I'm sure Mina's got tons of great videos that will just give you lots of advice. And yeah, thanks Mina for being on. We always appreciate having you on. Always great information here. So uh, be sure to go check out Trivium Group and uh, hit that like and that thumbs up, everyone. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for joining us this week on the Sellernomics Podcast. Special thanks to our sponsor, Gatita. Did you know that Amazon probably owes you money for FBA reimbursements? Get $400 in free FBA reimbursements at gatita.com slash sellernomics. 
Be sure to join us again next week for more great tips on how to grow your business. And thanks again for listening.